329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Um, I'm going to check all my turtles. What are you doing, girl? Huh? What are you doing? Huh? Hmm? What you say? Hmm? What are you doing? What are you doing? She loves people. She loves people. Probably no turtle appearances or turkey appearances tomorrow. Uh, but, God, hey, we don't have to eliminate those. My guess is the audio um, masterpieces are going to continue to come from Gundy, whether we play Bedlam or not. So, well, especially hang on to those. if this doesn't go your way, he'll just have a free lane to, like, if you don't win on Saturday, gosh, this is going down a dark road. You don't win tomorrow and, you know, you get, like, your second loss in the SEC next year, he'll throw something out like, yeah, some wanted to leave and go, greener pastures, how's that going? So, yeah, this <laughs> won't be the last. And maybe even if OU wins on Saturday, he'll still say some things. I, I am curious how OU fans just overall feel about him because he's got to be one of the most recognizable figures for OU fans when talking about Oklahoma State. He played there. I mean, he's just coached there forever. Do fans hate well, him, kind of like him, don't really care one way or the other? I like him. I like him a lot. I think one of the one of the best things that he's done since he's been there and had a lot of success is he's never felt the need to try and pick the fight. You know, he's, he's never gone down that road and I think it has served him really well. Why? If, if even on years, whenever they've got a really good team and he feels really confident about it, he he doesn't – now, he'll say some things about everything else, but he does not typically go out there during Bedlam and put any type of bullet-to-board material at all about Oklahoma football out there. Yeah, if that happens, it's well before the game or in the off season or after the game. He doesn't necessarily do it the week of, I guess. But yeah. he, he's just a fascinating character because he's been there since 2005. He's one of the longest-tenured – Hey, coaches in college football right now, and whenever yeah. Kirk Ferentz leaves Iowa, he'll probably at some point end up being the longest tenured Power Five coach. He's just so—he's been there forever. He's such a unique character. I, I don't know. Just—it's fascinating, man. Just a, a, everything about him. Right. Um. And I—I I don't even know who's—is there a close second to him on tenure? You got Ference, and then you got Gundy. Who is there? Anyone else that's even close? Um, I mean, I know Pat Fitzgerald was at Northwestern yeah, uh, for a long time. He's gone. Probably going to miss someone off. I mean, Saban clearly. He got there in what? Oh seven, seven or eight? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no, wait. Yeah. Oh seven was his first year. Right. So I think Saban would. I, I think it goes Ference one, Gundy two, Saban three. I believe. Uh, just got a Kyle Whittingham text. at Utah too. Yeah, from Parker Thune, Kyle Whittingham. So. Yeah, there you go. Ardmore Sooner says, love Gundy, hilarious, doesn't take himself too seriously. Uh, 308, I like Gundy. He's a great coach. He loves turtles. I was, a not, I was not impressed with his last comments about Boz. That was too personal. He's usually above all that. 
Yeah. I mentioned it yesterday, but I've heard that, yeah, those comments about vitamin C seemed a little personal. But I think those two kind of, um, how would I describe it here? They, they kind of know what, um, they're kind of feeding off one another at this point. They're, yeah. It may sound personal, but maybe they're not taking it all that personal, especially Boz. Right. And Boz is going to be there tomorrow. Nice. That'll be good. That'll be good. He'll be uh, be on a tight sideline if he's down on the sideline. That place is dangerous, especially for someone like him. He's within turkey leg uh, throw of anyone <laughs> in the stands. God, they're not going to throw turkey legs tomorrow at the boss, right? I heard AD might be there as well. Oh, really? Yeah, that would be like them, though, the final game to throw turkey legs at Boz and AD. Wrong guys yeah. that you want to mess with, though. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what the uh, object of choice will be to be launched. Maybe nothing, um, but they're going to be uh, they're going to be talking trash the entire time. I know that. Camo Sooner says, and I'm bummed that we're. I say we're not going to see this tomorrow. Maybe he'll surprise us. I think he did it last week. Mike Gundy bucks all the fashion trends with the tucked in hoodie. I've never yes. seen anyone else tuck in their hoodie. Other than Mike Gundy, I don't know how that can't be massively uncomfortable. Maybe he has a secret here that n- none of the rest of us know, but it is a fascinating fashion choice, that's for sure. Would you like to hear a quick little story? Sure. Uh, Halloween, as everyone knows, was uh, 75 degrees below zero, and trick-or-treating was, which, by the way, I don't know how kids do it. I guess they're all amped up or whatever, but... It, it was like the coldest day of the year. At least it felt like it to me. And not a worry for many of the kids. They wanted to keep going all night. I was freezing. I had a hoodie on. Soft. And I tucked the hoodie into my pants and had a, a big <laughs> coat on over the top of it. So I didn't get any heat loss from out from underneath the, the hoodie. It worked great. I see why he does it. Yeah, I mean, it looks terrible. But you're, oh, you're, it looks horrible. You're saying that uh, it keeps keeps the heat centrally located. Yeah. You know what I mean. You don't lose any heat, and I at least I had like a big coat over the top of it. You couldn't if you don't see tuck it. it in. I could see, see him saying that. He goes with the tucked in hoodie and the the horrible belt that's got like you know it's the brown <laughs> leather belt and it's got like the the metal medallions on it that are in between the belt loops. It's great. Yeah, it, it's OSU uh, on the medallions, by the way. I've, I've seen that before. Yes. It's great. Uh, it. Julio says, Gundy tucks everything in during Bedlam games. <laughs> My buddy David says that uh, Gundy is a dork. Um, let's see. Jamie from well, Drumrock. Once you get to a certain age, we're all dorks. Jamie the, the from Drumrock. The give a rip goes out the, the window and you just don't care anymore. 3-15 and 15 against Oklahoma. I love him being at Oklahoma State, says Jamie. <laughs> That's one of those things like, like I talk about Jimbo at Texas A&M. Careful uh, laughing and hoping that Jimbo gets fired at Texas A&M. You never know what that next hire is going to be. Yeah, it's Texas A&M. I'm not worried about their next hire. I've never been worried right. about their next hire. KW the 918, their stadium is a joke. Their program is a joke. And tomorrow the joke is finally over. Good riddance. Good luck not leeching off OU for the rest of your existence. The stadium's actually nice, in my opinion. 
especially the suites. Have you been in the suite level? Woo! I've been to the press level, which, I mean, you go up the same elevator, essentially, so I've seen the suite level. Yeah. Press level's awesome, too. It is. Uh, I've, Barbecue up there. I've never seen anything like what they have at Boone Pickens Stadium. Now, the rumor is... They made all these great renovations, poured all this money into the stadium, all these nice suites and everything, not the old Rustoleum like it used to be. But they forgot to put a radio booth in there. So Mm -hmm. you actually, to get to the radio booth and the coach's booth as well, you have to be on the roof of the stadium, which I know sounds weird. You almost have to experience it to kind of realize what it is. But there's a like a portable building on top of the stadium where the where Looks both like a, radio a storage container where both radio crews and both assistant coaches are in. It's a very small TV. combined and TV a very combined space for all those people. It's I've never seen anything, and they have got like snipers on the roof in case yeah. anything goes. It's it's pretty wild up there. It's 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 uh, it's actually if that if that was truly a mistake, which I think it was. It was a great mistake because, you know, the big movement now, which this they did all of that before you started to see this, like now all the radio booths and stuff have been moved out of the prime location. Oh, yeah, corner of the end zone, and, buddy. Yeah, they sell those, uh, those big money suites where the radio booths uh, all used to be. So uh, they were ahead of the curve. But it does. It looks like a storage container so up weird. on top of the building. <laughs> and I, I I don't mind it. I, it's actually a fine view. Everything is great. I just wish the windows opened. I don't think the windows open in there. So it gives you like this a weird sound. It, it's kind of a like – we always keep all the windows open to where it sounds like you're kind of in the mix and in the action. When the windows don't open, you sound like cut off from what's going on on the field. That radio booth is the first time I ever hit a smelling salt, and I was not ready for it. How was it? I it was it was awful. I uh, went in way too aggressive. I was doing the um, was doing the post game show where the coaches booth was. Yeah. So like they leave, I do the post game show in there. There's a guy that they have that kind of packs it all up, and I stood outside long enough in that game to kind of you know get the sniffles a little bit. You could tell in the first segment, yeah. the guy working with OU hit me with the smelling salt, and um, boy, that was that was rough. Clean you up. Tears. Do you know were, what Smitty uh, used to do? I don't know if he does this anymore, but he would take the Gatorade spray bottle, and he'd put like fifty of the little um, smelling salt things, whatever they are. You break them, and it releases that chemical. He'd put them all in that Gatorade bottle, and as you walked by him, he would like squirt it the air and it would just hit you in the face yeah, with a puff that, of it that's iconic. when you least expected there's it there's no way <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awful uh, uh no awesome stuff. okay so here are the two scenarios tomorrow the way that i see it either you're tied for first in the conference and you have the most manageable finish or the most manageable schedule the rest of the way out or you're tied for fourth with someone and you have no head-to-head opportunities with e- any of the teams that are in front of you. Yeah. So if yeah. like here's the scenario: if OU wins and Texas loses, oh, and, and I'm picking Iowa State to beat Kansas. Okay. Mm-hmm. OU would be five and one. Iowa State and Kansas State would be five and one. Now Iowa State and Kansas State still have to play each other. 
you play West Virginia, BYU, TCU down the stretch. OSU and Texas are both 4-2. and two. You have a game lead on both of those. You're in a really, really good spot if you win tomorrow, right? You're in a very good spot if you win tomorrow. Yes. If you lose, and let's just say Texas wins, OSU's at 5-1, and one, Texas is at 5-1, and one, and if Iowa State wins, they're at 5-1. and one. So a three-way tie for first place, and you're tied at 4-2 and two with Kansas State, and you don't play yeah. any of those teams. Uh, you get stuck scoreboard watching um, the rest of the season. And, you know, I just – I don't know. It's going to be very difficult to I, – I could be wrong on this, but I feel like it's going to be difficult to get into the Big 12 championship game with two losses, two conference losses. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially if one of your losses is to Oklahoma State, who – like that scenario that I brought up with OU winning mm-hmm. – like they're they're tied for first, but they've got a prime schedule the rest of the way. Like the winner of Bedlam tomorrow, that's their situation. They're tied right. for first, and they've got the easiest path to Arlington. That's how big tomorrow's game is. Just for that, yep. that's right. I, 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 if Oklahoma State pulls off the victory t- uh, tomorrow, I would be shocked if they don't make it. To the Big 12 Championship game. E- Shock. E- yeah. Uh-huh. UCF is still winless in conference. That's who they've got. Uh, Houston, who's 1-4 and four in conference. And then the final game of the season for them is at home. But both of those UCF and Houston games are on the road. And then they close up with BYU at home, who BYU's 5-3 and three overall, but 2-3 and three in conference. So, But if you win, no, if you win. You are set up yeah. beautifully, and we're right. all uh, feeling optimistic again on Monday or Saturday night about this team. Yep. Yep, that's right. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. Are you someone with extra weight and looking to make a lifestyle change? Norman Regional's Journey Clinic is ready to help you get started. We are excited to be one of the only weight loss clinics in the region offering the SPATS balloon, the world's only adjustable gastric balloon, and also the gastric balloon with the highest success rate. There are no incisions and no hospitalization, just a walk-in, walk-out procedure. Join the tens of thousands of patients who have changed their lives with a SPATS balloon. Visit journeyclinic.com or call 405-515-2049 to request an appointment. Victory Family Church. It's more than just a church. It's truly a family. And as it continues to grow, you can now celebrate with six opportunities every Sunday morning, starting as early as 8.30 a.m. And the fun shop for residential and commercial garage door service and replacement. Call them and tell them you want the ultimate maintenance for your garage door. You don't want to be stuck in your garage at game time, so give them a call at 405-635-9499 or visit them online at affordabledoor.net. You can't afford not to call Affordable Door Company. Crowd Garage Door sponsor of the Sooners. Receivers to each side, and Mayfield back to pass. Boy, it looks like a hold in the center of the field. No flag. He scrambles to his right, throws deep down the far side. Pass is caught by Westbrook. Westbrook sidesteps the man at the 30. Down the left side, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Oklahoma. It's an OEC Football Friday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's time for our Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar shooter startups. 
Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoyStreetVentures.com. Text line, you know the drill. Send in those under-the-radar submissions for tomorrow's Bedlam game, 405-651-3439. I'm just going to will this one to happen. I've been waiting on it to happen. I think it should happen. I think if it does happen, it's going to yield some very nice results. 33 yards per catch this year. My under-the-radar player tomorrow is Brennan Thompson. Two touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, he's a deep threat that you need. Okay. Calling it. Well, there you go. Um, I hope that's the case. I I do expect that we're going to see him. I mean, I... I'd be shocked if we didn't. Now, I don't. I'm not suggesting he plays every snap or, you know, even a majority of the snaps. But like I've said, he he should be running at least 12 to 15 go routes every game, whether you're throwing the ball or not. Those DBs need to be scared of uh, our deep ball, and he's. He's the best way to to have them fearful of the speed. And it's perfect conditions for him, the speedster. High of 72 degrees, uh, no precip, and kind of a a fast track there in Stillwater, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Really really good uh, spot for someone with uh, elite speed. Just get him involved. Get him involved. Who's your submission going to be? I just said it. I didn't didn't bring up Brendan Thompson. No, that's that's me. I'm, I'm laying claim to that one. And as, oh, as I said, nice. I'm just uh, trying to will it to, to happen tomorrow because I'm not super confident that they're, that's going to be the case. It's more of bringing it up just to try and put it out in the atmosphere so that actually be the case. Give him a chance. I, for me, I think my under-the-radar player – well, how under-the-radar would Kip Lewis be if, you know, if he ends up having to play for Stutzman? I mean, uh, uh, no, it would be under the radar for sure. Uh, it is? Our first submission from Turnbow and OKC said Kip Lewis, so you won't be the only yeah. one. I think we see, I think we see ten and eleven out there quite a bit. Man, Kobe and Kip Lewis playing a bunch of snaps tomorrow, out on the field at the same time. Woo-hoo. Yeah. How do you feel what about you, you that? You, you think that's that? the blind leading the blind or something? You worried about the, the youngsters out there? They'll be fine. Um, you know, and, and this is one of the key points I've, I've touched on this week. Kansas, with all of their pre-snap stuff that they do, shift, motion, tackle over, unbalanced, um, exotic formations, all of the things that they throw at you, all the – the massive variety that they have in the run game, I would be really worried about it if in that scenario, which they, they did play a couple of snaps together. Oklahoma State doesn't do nearly as much of that. But if Oklahoma State feels like Stutzman may be out, they may put some of that stuff in just to try and get us out of whack. That stuff's easy to put in. For an offense, some shifts and stuff to, to try and mess with you. So um, I don't expect a lot of it. That's why I feel like we'll be okay. I mean, their offense, and this is a compliment to them, is extremely straightforward. 
Yep. They do not do very much stuff. They got at their all. identity. They know what they are. They don't try That's to be it. anything out, outside the box, as Gundy That's said it. earlier. Um, I I don't hate this submission, Camo Sooner. Three words are Mason Thomas. The only thing is, mm. I was looking at um, sacks against in conference. Oklahoma State is number one in the league in sacks against, just giving up two. Yeah. Because they yeah. run the ball, they've got short third downs, and they get the ball. Max Pro. Yeah. yeah. They they three step, boot, little sprint out, and max protect. Keep a tight end and a back end, and only get three guys out in the in the route. So it's going to be hard to get quarterback sacks. But you know their offensive line. You would think they would they would be walking to the line with like a Wisconsin offensive line. Whenever you got a back that's putting out two hundred fifty yards a game over the last couple of weeks. But their offensive line is, they've gotten better, but they're below average, even for the Big 12 standards. A bandwagon fan from Prague, is it one of their tackles? <laughs> well, that's right. And they give up a f- quite a few tackles for loss and plays behind the line of scrimmage. So while it may not be sacks, our Mason Thomas could be a, a massive influence on the football game. Here's one I really like from uh, Lane in California, Desan McCullough. If that counts for under the radar, mm. um, I, I think he's played well against the run. He can go in and absolutely destroy a play. But, yeah, he's going to need to be good against the run for sure. Yep, and he's going to get a lot of snaps. They do a lot of 12 personnel, two tight ends. So he's going to see he's going to see the field quite a bit. Kendall Dolby will be their, their guy that's out there whenever they're in spread people. But, yeah, he he's going to influence it. He'll have, a, he'll have an influence on the football game for sure, which is a good thing. You know, he's been – he hasn't been perfect. He's made – most of his mistakes come pre-snap where he's lined up wrong and ends up being on the wrong side of a guy in the wrong gap or something like that. But he's After starting to hit his snap, groove. He's starting to hit his groove a yeah. bit, it feels like, man. If he's in the right spot after the snap, he is aggressive. He tackles well. He's, he's done a really good job. He's come a long way this season. I mean – you hated to lose Justin Harrington at the beginning of the year. Um, but DeSan McCullough has really grown into that role, at least, you know, the way that they've run it, where they've instead of one guy being the the, the do it all, they've they've played two players there, but he's learned a lot this year and he's really come a long way. Dirty Joe says under the radar player is Caleb Hicks. If only Dirty Joe. If only. Yeah. If only Caleb Hicks was out there. Yeah. Now, I could see Smothers maybe getting a little bit of run. Really? Now, th- well, that depends. Like, I would say that's only if Tawi doesn't play or is severely limited or maybe has to come out of the game if he re-injures it. Because I mean, you're going to have three backs up. And I just I don't know what yeah. Marcus Major's status is. He didn't travel. That tells me it's got to be pretty bad. There's your next evolution uh, of this offense in the run game is they finally play one of the freshmen. They have a great day, and everyone's just half happy off. and half pissed off. Like, Where was now? that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, 918, I, just, I think under the radar tomorrow will be Dylan Gabriel's run game, just like it was against Texas. I don't oh. disagree. It might, it might have to be. Yeah. I, I know some don't love – the amount of times he's had to run since the Texas game, but this offense doesn't have a choice at this point. 
No kidding. Consider the alternative. If Dylan Gabriel's not a big factor in the run game, I don't know where we are right now. What's he got, eight rushing touchdowns? Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. we had. Did he have two last week? Three. Three last week, yeah. I think I say three. I think that's right, isn't it? I think so. 918, uh, Zach Schmidt kicks a 56-yard field goal for the win. What odds can I get on that? Zach Schmidt hitting a 55-yarder uh, or 55-yard-plus field goal for the win. But I could get some pretty good odds on that one at this you point. You can get some good odds on that. I've seen him hit uh, in that range in warm-ups, which obviously means nothing, but He's got a very capable leg if, you know, he's got confidence and he's and he's healthy and he's ready to go and you know, we'll see. Uh eight three two, where has PJ been? PJ's been out there, it feels like for the majority of the time on third down passing situations. That's where he's been in there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've got a under the radar player for you. Okay, let's hear it. Nick Anderson? You actually gonna well, throw it to him? No, that's not under the radar. That's that's the aircraft carrier sitting out in the in the sea. Everyone knows where that one is. Um, I believe that this game is going to be close, and ultimately will be decided by special teams. Uh, maybe that means a final kick. Maybe that means a final blocked kick. Maybe that means a punt return for a touchdown or a blocked punt. Or a, a massive turnover. Hopefully on a not return. a muff punt like uh, muff punt like last time it was up there. Ho- hopefully not a muff. Owen Heineke creates a turnover on special teams. That is definitely under that? the radar. The bloodline says go. he's going to make you a heard play it here. at some point. You heard it here. The bloodline says he's going to make a play like. Uh, Mm-hmm. Like another family member of his did once upon a time. All right. He's a lacrosse player. That's what they do. They Owen, make plays. Owen Heineke. Didn't you compliment him recently on his uh, special teams play? After he's the Iowa State great. game or something like yeah. that? He's been playing really good on special teams. Yes. Uh, let me just read several more here. Gavin Sawchuk, Canick in the Wildcat, says Mark in Newcastle. Uh, underrated, uh, Big Bird and all of his personal fouls. Brennan Thompson over the top. Who is this kid? Where'd he come from? Part two. Oh, where is he from? We need to Spearman, Texas. Way out there in the panhandle. The tip of the spear. Well, too bad uh, he's not even going to be there tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wrong network and everything. Mr. Check is calling the football game. That's going to be cool. That'll be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll catch some crap from OSU fans and OU oh, fans. Oh, my God. mentions during the game. Why does oh, it sound yeah. like you want OSU to win? You're an OU grad, aren't you? Biased much? Yeah, it, impossible to call a football game on TV and not be biased. I, well, according to the fans, both fan bases probably send you messages after every game and accuse you of being one-sided, both of them. Yeah, Pretty I, funny. I actually really do like this one, KA and BA, and one that hasn't been mentioned yet. What about Jaden Gibson for under the radar? He's made the most of his opportunities. Yeah. I mean, he's a oh, guy well. that you can throw down the field to. I mean, you're always going to have sure. a mismatch. I mean, I, Brennan Thompson, Brennan Thompson, been saying it all week. But, man, Jaden Gibson's a matchup issue as well. Well, well, there's no doubt about that. Um, and I would like to see – if we're 
in postgame talking about an under-the-radar wide receiver that came out and had a huge day, I think that's going to be a good sign. And I'll give you another one. Assuming and hoping that he's healthy, because he's been a big factor for this football team, Gentry Williams. Yeah, need him out there for sure. You mentioned special teams being a big part of this game. Mm -hmm. Um, It was good early in the year, man. Yeah. It was really good. When's the last time we've walked out of a game feeling good about OU special teams? Iowa State? Or feel like they won special teams in the game? Yeah. What happened? Okay, so Kansas, we had the the muffed kickoff. Um, and a, a shanked punt at one point. Shanked punt. Did we miss field goals in that game, or they was that the UCF no, they, game? They didn't attempt yeah, that's it. Right. UCF, UCF is when you miss two field goals. And then Did Texas. we have a turnover in the UCF game on, on special, special teams? teams uh, unless I'm totally – no, they didn't have any turnovers in, against UCF. I think the only time this year. And then the okay. Texas game, we, we know what happened there. So, yeah, Iowa State's the last time we walked out of a game and said, yeah, special teams wasn't kind of a disaster today. Right. Yeah. Now, we've – We've created some stuff in special teams, too. Like, we created the turnover against Kansas, and, you know, there's been some good that has been sprinkled in there, but we haven't walked off the field with all good and dominated special teams in a while. We need that. And because our margin for error has shrunk because of injury and other things, like, yeah, we we need to win the special teams phase. All right. Quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the... Something worth protecting. So why do you see, say? Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. Oklahoma at the Cowboy 13s. Mayfield gets a shotgun snap, a three-man rush. He has time, looking right, dancing around. Now darting around, back to the right. Throws right side of the end zone. Pass is caught. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Joe Mixon made the grab for the TD. It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At Yalagosny Law, communication is a priority. That's Yellow Gosney Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Texas Rangers having their victory celebration, their parade. Waited a long time, and, you know, Jerry Jones was asked what it's like to win a championship uh, in light of the, the Rangers winning the World Series, and he says, it's glory hole. It is a reminder. I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. And so having said that, uh, uh, I want me some glory hole. Uh, Jerry has publicly said glory hole about four or five times now on Dallas Sports Radio. I don't know if anyone has told him that everyone laughs at him. He's mentioned thinking about it in the shire when talking about uh, Dez coming back. I I. I I know it's an oil field reference. I, I understand that, but yeah. it's still just awkward for everyone when he says it out loud. <laughs> well, I know the Cowboys could really use some glory hole. Uh, it's been a while, and, but, you know, the Rangers, 
bringing Glory Hole back to Texas. Uh, big, big for them. So a part of being a, a Cowboys fan is to often make fun of your own team. Yeah. Trying to think of all the DFW area teams that have won a championship more recently than the Cowboys. The Rangers have, the Mavericks Mavs. have, and I think the Stars have. Has every single major sports franchise in that city won something more recently than the Cowboys? Uh, Probably. Everyone's been in on the glory hole except for the Dallas Cowboys recently, I guess. So, hey, um, it's about time to get it rolling. Yeah, Dak, This is the year, though, right, Tyler? Dak's not going to give you any glory hole. I, uh, I can <laughs> promise you that. Um, other, other thing that I've got, Deion Sanders. He is uh, demoting Sean Lewis as offensive coordinator. And uh, sounds like Pat Shermer is going to be calling plays. Now, Sean Lewis, it's kind of shocking. He left Kent State to go there, and, and he'd done some really good things. And um, I'm kind of surprised he's making this move. It seems kind of like an off-the-wall move, but I, I guess he's he's making change. The weird thing is, is he's demoting him like, off of an active coach to yeah, he, basically a assistant. So like they're a, bringing in Pat Shermer to mm-hmm. call plays. Now, Broncos fans make fun of Pat Shermer because at one point he said to the media, out loud, in public, yeah, today we actually practiced um, throwing incomplete passes. He thought his offense practicing throwing incomplete passes was really going to help, and he was awful for the Broncos, so... He's now calling the plays, and Sean Lewis doesn't didn't get just demoted. Now he's going to have to be the guy signaling in the plays that the other guy is calling. Yeah. Talk about a hit to the uh, to the pro pride there. Really make him second guess everything. Oh, I would I would never call this. This play. is a what decision a by Dion that is half fan and half parent. Half fan he, of he sucks. Let's replace him in the middle of the year, and half parent that his son's the quarterback and he wants things to change. It's very yeah. very wild. Well, I will say this. There's something to be said about things not going well and recognizing it and making a change. I think often coaches like just ride with what they've got for maybe too long, even whenever they know there's something bad there and maybe a change can give you a little bit of a spark. Like, it's a change. It's not necessarily that someone is better than the other guy, but you know, sometimes some change does everyone a little bit of good. So I will. But Sean Lewis him for is that. not a bad coach. Like, I think Sean no, Lewis is probably in a really better good. situation next year than what he's at right now. Right. Just, I agree. I'm, it might, may not be that's hard all I to got. Find that. By the way, Arlington Renegades, throw that in there. They got some glory Ooh, hole last that's year right. as well. That's right. Uh, okay. Now, I don't know if anyone else cares about this, but I know you will care about it. Because you love paying taxes. Mm-hmm. 49ers defensive end, and we know about the state of California, right? 49ers yeah. defensive end Eric Armstead shares a game check. There's a picture of it that's out. He makes $393,000 per game. Not bad. <laughs> but 49.3% comes out in taxes. Every game mm. check he gets, Teddy, 49% comes out in taxes. <laughs> Just I know incredible. that hurts you. That hurts you a lot. Now, what it doesn't show on there is there's also 3% of that total that goes to his agent. 
three so, and less, man. That's, that's 52% rough. comes out. Mm, yikes. Uh, Sonny Dykes and TCU lost again last night. Mm. The uh, Big 12 doesn't run through Lubbock, but that possum running on the field last night does. <laughs> Sonny Dykes was asked what changes TCU has to make defensively moving forward. Here's what the TCU head coach had to say. Quote, we've got to get our guys to play good. It's like our best players aren't playing well. Guys that are good players aren't playing particularly well, end quote. Yeah. Well, it's hard to win games if your best players on a particular side of the ball are not playing well. I, you, you need your stars to lead you. You need your playmakers to lead you. Um, that's TCU. That's everybody. I mean, that's, that's going to be us tomorrow. If we walk off the field and we say, guys that play good, uh, number eight, number four, number 12, um, on the defensive side, pick whoever you want, 22, uh, two. I, we need our stars to play well. Going to have to have those guys play well tomorrow for us. As much as I'm done with this story, I do think it's funny, and it's the perfect new developments. Michigan is currently in possession of documents that could link the private investigators behind the sign-stealing scandal back to, that's right, we all guessed it, Ohio State. Yeah. Beautiful. I wonder what documents they've got. But, you know, we all knew that it that it had to have come from Ohio State. And this is the thing that I think is I've continually said about it. Everyone has supposedly known for years now that Michigan has a sign-stealing operation, and nobody ever came forward. Nobody ever went to the NCAA. No one ever brought it up with the Big Ten. Everyone just took it in stride and said, we know they're doing it. We're going to have to take steps to mitigate the damage. And Ohio State's the one that hires the third-party law firm, supposedly. That game's going to do crazy ratings. I think Big Noon has that game. Fox is loving all this drama, aren't they? Which, you know, if anything, that's probably why the Big Ten is waiting because it's like we got to let this thing play out with everything on the line, and then we'll see what happens afterwards. If Michigan loses, then we'll say, oh, you can't play in the playoff or something like that. Last one I have, OU got a Carl Albert double dip last night. Marcus James. Six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound outside backer and a tight end for the Titans, committed. But then, as soon as he put on his OU hat, he said, "I got someone else coming with me," and that someone else was Trene Washington, six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. He plays tight end for Carl Albert, but you know, not sure where he's going to play at OU. Six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds as a junior, Teddy. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But a surprise second commitment last night. Carl Albert now has four OU commits currently on its roster, and they also have four-star corner Tristan Haynes, who has an OU offer as well. Incredible, man. I I can't remember an in-state team that had four OU commits on it at one time. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's what you want. I mean, they're hitting it out of the park with the hometown kids, and I think that that's going to go a long way. Those are all good players or appear like they're going to be really good players, and you know, I, I think being in-state is a factor as well. I like it. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up our number two. Stay with us. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. 
Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships to see the Fowler Standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. This is what drives us every day. Fowler Automotive, a needs. Give Rightway Insurance a call today. 405-607-6014. That's 405-607-6014. To get better, more affordable home and auto insurance. That's Rightway Insurance, your insurance advisor. One stop and you win the conference champion. One stop. One stop. First and goal, Oklahoma at the Cowboys 7. Bell in the shotgun play to his left. From the left hash, Bell takes the snap. Back to pass, sets up. Goes toward the far corner of the end zone. The pass is caught. Touchdown, Oklahoma with 19 seconds left. Jalen Saunders. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bring you the sour of the rush on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. OU Optimist says, you want to pump the team up? Let Farouk drive the bus to the stadium tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's actually pretty good. Uh, No, it's not too soon. Be getting out of the uh, the bus wide-eyed, wouldn't they be? Oh, that's funny. So if you don't get that joke, well, here it is. Uh, apparently, Jaleel Farouk was arrested last night. He was driving erratically with an expired paper tag. Quote, improper turn, failure to yield to emergency vehicle, and failure to appear to court warrant on driving over a curb. So he got pulled over last night. He had some unpaid tickets. Uh, he's been freed, to my to our knowledge. And we think that Jaleel Farouk's going to play tomorrow. Think? But OU hasn't yeah. said that publicly. No, haven't. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Um, or maybe they hold him out of series or something. I don't know, but I mean, what good um, is that? Do I, not that you want none. You know, like is that really going to prove anything to anyone? Yeah. Well, we held no. him out of series. Either I, I, no. I say, either you play him or you, you, you don't. I mean, whatever you want to do. Right. I I think they're going to play him. He's. I, I think they'll play him. We need him. We need him. We need all hands on deck because I don't know what the status is going to be of Stutzman and of Tawi Walker. Um, you know, I would expect that Gentry Williams is going to be back and healthy, and I don't know Peyton Bowen. I guess I. I don't know these ankle injuries on this team. I feel like have lingered forever, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, even, like, Stutzman has an ankle injury, but Stutzman's had a shoulder for, for a while, so he's been, yeah, not the first time that he's been banged up this year. But, yes, you're right, you're right about those injuries. Because well, Peyton Bowen, did did he hurt his at the Texas game? He had to because he, uh, he, didn't, he hasn't played a lot since that Texas game until he right. rolled in, like, flew in for a sack on third down against John Rice Plumley in the UCF game. But he didn't play much and that, that game. That was – that was a long time ago. I mean, we're going on, what, four weeks ago? So, and it's it's not something that he's he's been playing. He's been out there, had a big play in the in the UCF game, and I don't know. Some of these things have just really hung around and lingered on us, and really starting to be a big factor in the season. Like right now, I didn't think we were going to get to this point, but the health of this football team 
is the biggest threat to the season right now. Correct, yes. I mean, they got to come out with some edge and all that, but, yeah, the, the, the health is for sure. Well, and, and we're talking about Farouk, and the way they've used him the past three games is interesting. I know there was, like, Debo comparisons out there on the text line, but, Teddy, he had more carries and he had more rushing yards than receptions and receiving yards last week. Yeah. So I don't know if they get back to just throwing him the ball down the field because he made a great play down the field against Texas. But they've used him more in the backfield than they have at wide receiver since that game. I guess because uh, they've had to, I, they feel like they've had to have it. I I don't know, but those those are weird numbers. We have to throw a football down the field. We we they cannot cover Nick Anderson, and I know it's not really what we do, but at some point you say. Well, we're just going to protect it and start calling out the number of our biggest and best receiver. Start throwing him the football and trusting him to go up and make plays. If we don't start pushing the ball down the field, the season is going to unravel on us. Yep. I mean, that's just kind of where it is. All right, quick timeout. we got the final out of the rush coming up next. Stay tuned.